You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Before we get the show started today, I have the biggest announcement in triviality history. We are packing it up and quitting. No, you know, I think you got the wrong note. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, that note is for the future uh, indeterminate date. Sorry. <laughs> no, we are, after five years, partnering with a podcast network. We are going to be joining Airwave Media. It's the same great channel that brings you Good Job Brain. Which you're familiar with, I'm sure. And uh, we couldn't be happier about this partnership. Now, we've chosen to do this now. We think it makes the most sense. Uh, we are at a point, thanks to all of you, to transition this into potentially a full-time career. And we really want to work hard on that career path. Uh, we think it's a great opportunity for us to bring you better content, more content that you will hopefully love and enjoy. We did a survey not too long ago, and we had such wonderful encouragement from all of you saying if we could find uh, an advertising partner or some way to help further this show and our careers doing this show, that we should do it. And we took all that advice and that encouragement, and we're so excited to be here because it's going to allow us to do so many new things, uh, experiment with video, uh, hopefully uh, maybe do some extra episodes on the main feed, maybe some extra bonus episodes, and even more importantly, a chance to meet all of you in person by maybe doing some live events in different cities uh, that we know uh, we can come and meet and uh, play some trivia. So our main episodes are going to be ad-supported. That's going to be the only real change uh, coming to Triviality. Our patrons are in for a special treat. Uh, at any level, if you support us on Patreon, you will get the episodes completely ad-free. Yep, and that's from uh, as little as $1 a month all the way up uh, to $100 a month. Uh, you'll be getting all of the main feed episodes with no ads. It's a promise we've had for the last uh, five years. We don't want to have any ads uh, on our show. And uh, while we're going to be uh, putting these on the main feed now through Airwave, we just wanted to absolutely make sure that there was a version of every episode with no ads uh, for anyone who would like it. Now, if you can't support us on Patreon, we completely understand. Yes. We, we know that that is not always possible. So we're going to still do regular episodes weekly. Mm -hmm. um, they're just going to be ad-supported. So we still want everyone who wants to listen to the show able to hear it. Um, we want to make sure that um, the content that you've grown used to is still something that you can rely on week to week. Um, the patrons, like I said, we're going to be adding the you know, the ad-free episodes, but we're also looking to expand our Patreon perks. Patreon's still going to be a big part of our success at this show. Um, it's going to account for a lot of the ability for us to maybe grow this as a career path, and we think that that's going to be uh, very important for us. So we really appreciate everything our patrons have done for us so far, and like I said, we, we, <laughs> we really couldn't have gotten to this point. Never thought we would. Um, yeah, so, and uh, and the only thing, as Jeff said, that's going to change is just the main feed episodes are going to have some ads now, and all those ads are going to be curated by us, uh, making sure that uh, the partners that we put on the podcast are ones that we think uh, represent uh, our listeners, our community, uh, to the best uh, of our ability to get them on the show. And uh, we you know, welcome your feedback if you want to try those products, uh, but we're going to do our best to make sure that the show stays the same and has the exact same lack of seriousness and little bit of knowledge just like today's episode title, Ranch for Blood. So uh, it is our goal to make sure that the show uh, stays exactly the same. And uh, it's going to be released every week. That's not going to change. Uh, you're still getting the exact same number of episodes. You don't have to go to another feed to get the episodes. It's all going to be exactly the same, just a few more ads uh, with the ad-free on Patreon. And we really appreciate the support. Uh, truly, um, it means the world to us. And we want to make sure that we do our best to maintain um, the awesome community that you guys are. Uh, and, and I think that's why it's taken us so long and, and we want to be so conscientious about this decision. 
So we hope that um, you'll be uh, as excited as we are. And we're hopeful that uh, this will bring us into a new era of success. So here's to five more years of whatever this show is. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm here in the studio with Ken and Jeff, but we're missing someone once again. Matt is not here. Matt's not in the studio. It's very lonely on my side of the table. It is. There's a there's a draft over there. I'm sure you're chilly. Always. You're there in spirit, though. Oh, just, the ghost of Matt. Just because we run the air conditioning before we start the show, because we can't run it during the show. That's why Ken's chilly. It's a sweat lodge. It is. That's, that's why I left. I couldn't take it anymore. And li- this is a new and improved Matt. No delay, too, which is crazy. Because I switched to Comcast, not like that garbage AT&T. <laughs> uh, and uh, Matt, where are you coming to us from now? Where are you haunting us from? Uh, from Washington, D.C. I have a, a new boss, Mr. Biden, uh, working in the cabinet, uh, cabinet of cream. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> You're a, what, what do they call the, the helpers in Congress? What are those called? Not page uh, interns. I guess interns, oh. yeah. You're an intern. Pages. A page. I'm a page at the White House. <laughs> You're so <sword. laughs> <laughs> Mr. Are, President. Are pages, they like work behind the scenes at like TV studios? Yeah. I think it, a page yes. is at yeah. uh, like SNL and 30 NBC, Rock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we got some other great guests in the studio. We have or some not other in the studio, but they're right. ghosts. Yeah, right? we have some other pages here, uh, triviality pages. Um, our first guest is going to be a competitor today, a rules guy impersonator on Patreon, which we appreciate. Uh, we're excited to have him here from St. Pete, Florida. John Valenzuela, how are you, John? Good, good. How are you guys? Doing well. We've uh, been trying to get you on the show for a while. We're so excited to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, yeah, maybe how you found the show and what you've been up to. Um, well, so right now I work at, in the service industry. I'm a server, um, at this kind of like fancy daytime spot in downtown Tampa. Um, I've done a lot of different things though, throughout the years. I, um, went to college for, I majored in microbiology and minored in Spanish. So I've done a bunch of different things since I was out of school. I was working in a lab for a little while. When I first found your guys' podcast, I, um, I worked in this uh, like genetics lab in Seattle while I was living there for a little while, um, and I had a lot of downtime where I was basically like pushing flies around under a microscope, and it was it was sort of tedious work where I had to sort flies and um, and I listened to a lot of different podcasts at the time, and eventually I stumbled. I was thinking like, well, I think it'd be fun to listen to trivia live because um, I wasn't going out to pub trivia or anything at the time and uh i just stumbled upon you guys well i just i just uh, hope that our shows. our nonsense didn't like rattle your brain while you're trying to sort the flies or count the flies or anything <laughs> like that so hopefully oh, yeah. hopefully later you'll be able to tell us the process of uh drilling into the flies that are encapsulated in in sap and then getting the dna out and you know, oh yeah morphing oh yeah it. yeah dino DNA. yeah my last name is actually attenborough i didn't know if you guys sorry <laughs> you said valenzuela but <laughs> well we spared no expense to get you here today so thank you for joining us john yeah thanks for having me uh and our game today uh is a sort of a saving grace uh we had some uh last minute uh, moving around with our schedule and we were in need of a host and someone came to the rescue a savior a savior uh oakland five supporter on patreon always nice to have her here ann hernan how are you I'm doing great. Happy to be here and happy to help. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you so much. Uh, what's much what's new it. in your world other than the door behind you that uh, looks broken, you said? Oh, yeah. I have a million broken doors in my home, and I am enjoying um, being a homeowner and fixing everything. Um, I work still working for um, a hospital and uh, now working remotely and loving that very much. Still having two crazy kids, an amazing partner, and two very insane cats. Lovely. Sounds like a full house. Yeah. Well, we need some teams to play uh, Anne's uh, impromptu game here. So uh, what are we going to do? Me and Jeff are teaming up, right? I think so. Yeah, any idea on a team name? And then Matt and uh, John, correct? That's right. So you guys had a team name first, so why don't you spill it? 
Well, I don't know the whole story, John. You have a semi-famous uh, relative, right? That's right. Yeah. Like, so uh, my my cousin Joe Kelly, he um, he plays in the MLB. He's a relieving pitcher. He he came up and started as a starting pitcher, but um, has been a reliever for years and years. He he actually yesterday just it yesterday was his. 10 year anniversary in the MLB of his, uh, of his debut. So, um, he has two world series rings and we figured two rings to rule them all would be a appropriate, uh, yeah, uh in honor of Neil's name. love yeah. of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> since that series, uh, probably just came out right a couple weeks ago when this is airing, but yep. in the future, one week for us, uh, we'll be, uh, hobbits. How about that? But you have to say it like that in the grumpy Gandalf voice. Hobbits. Hobbits. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, cool. Why did that turn to Sean Connery? <laughs> Hobbits. It always does. Okay. Old British men always become Sean Connery in the studio, despite <laughs> the fact that he's Scottish. <laughs> There's nothing that tastes <laughs> Britain. Nothing that tastes better than Hobbits. Uh, he just eats Hobbits. Okay, okay cool. So um, <laughs> so we have Hobbits versus uh, Two Rings to Rule Them All. Uh, let's go to the rules read by uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, his his uh, stand-in. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager zero to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream. That's pretty good. I'm glad that there's no... It sounded like Sean Connery, too. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> glad there's no penglings in the rules read. <laughs> but, uh, and feel free to take away. I'm just going to keep score here, or try to keep score, I should say, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll play. Have fun. All right. So question one in the category, a few of my favorite things. Uh, they say you write what you know, and here we are. If you know anything about me, you know that I will cry with happiness at the sight of any raccoon. What I want to know is what president had a raccoon given to him to be served as Thanksgiving dinner, only for the president to quietly decline raccoon for dinner, and later name the raccoon Rebecca, make her a domesticated pet, and then get her a boyfriend named Reuben. I've heard this story, and I don't think it's him. All right, um, you, you take it. That was my only guess. Reuben's really come if a long way. If somebody were to own a raccoon. It, it's, it's something weirder. Like, it, like Calvin Coolidge or something. Possibly, yeah. From dating a raccoon, from dating a raccoon to winning American Idol, Ruben came a long way. <laughs> All right, um, I'll pick an answer. You guys can discuss. Um, I think I have heard it, um, and I think actually Ken just said it. I think it actually is Calvin Coolidge. Randomly, I was going um, to agree. I think that it's definitely Calvin Coolidge. That's insane. No, I it. thought it was Teddy Roosevelt. Because if anybody were to own a raccoon. But you said? Yeah, I think I kind of remember seeing this when I um, had Coolidge as an answer to the That's game I'd recently That's written. Insane. So um, we said Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> Why did I randomly say Calvin Coolidge? Because he's the b most boring, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> What's the correct answer? Uh, the correct answer is the president who quietly declined oh. a raccoon for dinner is, in fact, Silent Cal. Wow. Good start. All right. Chaotic start. <laughs> Well, you know, during bit. the depression he caused, you got to eat some raccoon, eat raccoon or something. <laughs> you turn down the raccoon. And then he started eating Too trash. It's raccoon. like a vampire. If you eat a raccoon, then you start eating trash. <laughs> Question number two in the category censorship. A 1952 episode of I Love Lucy was entitled Lucy is Enceinte because what English word was censored? Oh, I see what you wrote there, Jeff, and I like that. Let's do that. I don't know if that was something like, because TV was... Pretty harsh. Back ass yeah. words. We'll we'll go with that. Okay, go ahead, guys. Uh, I don't speak any French at all. I no, have no idea. On this one. Um, so you're looking back into the fifties um, when Lucy started. I believe that they originally had to be in separate beds. It was still in that time period, um, and then Lucille Ball got pregnant in real life and i think they had to work it into the story so i think it might be pregnant all right let's do it yeah it makes sense um especially considering the time period yeah. mm -hmm. what do we say jeff yeah we too said pregnant 
All right, and French for pregnant, enceinte means pregnant. That is correct. Points to both teams. Nice. Can't let people know. Can't say it. Can't let the kids learn what what happens. Well, <laughs> or, it's a I guess. stork. I don't know. It's a stork, Matt. That's true. All right. In the category of sports, I am going to provide you with some statistics of a sports figure. You tell me who claims these impressive stats. Two gold medals, three Stanley Cup wins, four-time winner of the Vezina Trophy, one ESPY, and a grand total of three goals in his career. All right. We have uh, selected a hockey player. Oh, spoilers. Yeah. You know, uh, come on, Matt. Come on. There were three choice. goals. Good choice. Yeah. It's funny. I wrote down so Wayne just... Gretzky before she even started asking the question. <laughs> yeah, right. Really Gretzky. Yeah. Um, um, so, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, it's got to be a goalie since they only have three goals. Yeah. And they have all those um, awards. So, maybe like Patrick Waugh or somebody else. So, I was torn between Patrick Waugh and Martin Brudeur. But I think I think Marty scored more goals than that. I think he was a prolific goal scorer from mm. the net somehow. Um, I like Patrick Waugh. I'm from Colorado. You know, I grew up in the era where he was king. Um, yeah, he won one with them, and then I think he won two with maybe Edmonton at the tail end of the Gretzky era. Maybe I don't know. Um, but I think I think Patrick Waugh is a good good guess. So, oh Roy boy. Yep, we'll lock in with Patty Roy. Always good, uh, good pick. Uh, we were also thinking about Carey Price. I don't remember if she said cups, but uh, I don't think he has any. But uh, we went with Brodeur. All right, and Matt, you are correct. Uh, Marty Brodeur, known for scoring more goals than any other goalie in his entire career, but it is with three. It is Marty oh. Brodeur. Wrong for the right reasons. That's okay. All righty, question number four in the category music. What man who was convicted of money laundering and conspiracy in 2008 was the subject of the following quote by Lynn Harless? I think deep down in his heart, that's all he really wanted to be, the sixth member. We can we can lock in. I just heard a thing on this guy. Uh, is this the guy that screwed over in sync? Yeah. Um, do you know his name? No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't think I can pull it. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember his name. All right. That guy. <laughs> that guy who screwed over NSYNC and Backstreet Boys also, uh, Lou Pearlman. And I could hear Neil's brain screaming <laughs> as soon as I said Lynn Harless. That is Lou Pearlman. Uh, so NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, O-Town, LFO. Anyone Five. Know who, Terrib- anyone know who Lynn Harless is? Terrible man. Anyone know who Lynn Harless is? No. That's uh, Justin Timberlake's real name. <laughs> It's his mom. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Number five. Okay, so uh, number five is your listener submitted question. And this question sort of comes from my three-year-old Oakley. And so I asked Oakley what she wanted me to write a question about. And this was the response. So. Roblox. (laughs) What animal whose bowel movements gained fame in a 2019 film thanks to a loquacious anthropomorphic snowman is the closest living relative of the koala. All right. Uh, there's a couple clues in there I don't understand, but we're going to go with the obvious thing that we're all thinking. So, Well, John, do you know which animals make square poops? Um, well, based on some of the clues, I was thinking maybe... The University of Michigan mascot, the Wolverine. Or it's possible. But pretty, I, I remember seeing this, but I can't remember what animal it was. Uh, we had a whole thing about wombats and their ah. geometric. Yes, let's do that. That's bowel much movements. better. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're going to lock in with uh, the wombats. Is that an episode title right there? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, we said wombat. Um, not sure about the, the reference, though. So. So the uh, 2019 film is Frozen 2. Your loquacious anthropomorphic snowman is Olaf. And he often asks, did you know Wombat's Poop Squares? Oh, I didn't know that part. But yes, I did. I haven't seen that movie yet, <laughs> but I don't want to now because they, uh, I live in three dimensions. Mm. So they actually poop cubes. You do know a lot about poop, though. After <laughs> after five questions, it looks like both teams are at 40, tied. We have uh, two rings to rule them all. And... Hobbits. Thank uh, you. 40 to 40. 
All right, question six, your category is same name. What name is shared by Eldrick Taunt, Lilium Lancifolium, and the family pet on the Brady Bunch? I don't know. I kind of uh, remember the dog, but I don't remember the name. Let's go with this one. Okay. I like that. That could be a person name yeah. and a dog name. Uh, John, I think... Rex, maybe. I, I think the first name is... So Eldrick is the name of Tiger Woods. And Tiger is, I think, the name of some pet on some show. It might be Brady Bunch. Good poll. I feel good about their answer, yeah. We said Rex. So Eldrick Taunt is Eldrick Taunt Woods, Tiger Woods. Lilium Lincofolium is a tiger lily, and the family pet on the Brady Bunch is Tiger. Nice job. Nice Nice poll. Yeah, nice poll. I know my Tiger Woods. That's it. That's all I know about sports, apparently. Question number seven, your category is video games. In the mid-1980s, the Nintendo Entertainment System is doing everything it can to prevent another video game crash. Any company that seeks to create a game that can be played on the NES must meet all of their demands for licensing, censorship, profit sharing, and production regulation. What Atari subsidiary, run by Mayasaka Nakamura, threw down the gauntlet and reverse-engineered a lockout chip, allowing them to create games that were playable on the NES. So this was a little bit before I was playing video games. Um, but my my main guess would be like Sega, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they're an Atari subsidiary or not. Um, I know that back, they, they mostly just made like box games for arcades, but... yeah. Well, Sega had, um, they had a system. The Dreamcast later. Yeah, there was something before the Genesis that had come out, but I don't remember the name of it. Uh, Because of this uh, Nintendo seal of approval thing, um, Konami uh, made their own separate production called Ultra Games, which was basically just other Konami games because they were only allowed to release a certain amount. Um, I do know that LJN made a lot of really bad games for the nintendo uh and they might be associated with atari uh they did a lot of really bad licensed games which is what atari was kind of unfortunately known for after et ruined video games for 10 years um are you okay going with ljn yeah let's you you know this stuff a little better than i do i think so very knowledgeable man on this one we were not knowledgeable so we just picked an electronics company and we said motorola terrible guess um so Throwing down the gauntlet was one of your clues in here. Uh, this is Tengen. Mm. Um, basically, Nintendo was trying to prevent all of these really horrible games. Like back in the day, in the eighties, like there was just I think like Sears had a game, mm-hmm. and like there were dog food games. It was terrible, and so Nintendo was trying to fix this, um, but they didn't. And ultimately, actually, Sega ended up licensing some of its games through Tengen, resulting in Sega games being able to be played on the NES. So I was right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question number eight. This is a who am I question. I was born in a small town in West Virginia, but at 10 years old, following the death of my father, I was sent to my uncle's farm in Montana. After moving to Virginia to pursue my career aspirations, I found myself in the home of Jack Gordon, looking at a death's head moth. I've been portrayed by two Academy Award winners and labeled as the greatest heroine by the American Film Institute. Who am I? All right, I'm just having a little bit of trouble remembering the last name of this character, but uh, I think we're locked in. I know Sissy Spacek portrayed a country singer, um, and she won an Academy Award for it. Um, like coal mine, I think the movie is Coal Miner's Daughter, but I can't remember the name of the actual singer. Um, mm, crap. that might be helpful. Is it like Patty <laughs> Patty Wilson? I don't think is right. Patsy Cline. Um, I don't think it's right, but we might as well lock in because I don't think it's going to come to me. So yeah, old older country singing lady, Patsy Cline. That's what we said. And we're going with an entirely uh, fictional character. Um, I said I had trouble remembering the last name, but I remembered it. Uh, we're going with Clarice Starling. All right, so Coal Miner's Daughter is Loretta Lynn. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, Jack Gordon, also known as John Grant, 
James Glum or Buffalo Bill. This is Clarice Starling. So she's played by Julianne Moore and Hannibal, um, who won for Still Alice. And that and was the butterfly and yeah. yeah. Or the moth right. right. Obviously, um Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster won an Academy Award for playing her as well. Question number nine. We're going to stay with the Academy theme. Um, and your category is, I'd like to thank the Academy. This is a quote. Uh, I think we've become very disconnected from the natural world. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow. And when she gives birth, we steal her baby, even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable. This is a quote by what vegan and Oscar winner who used the win as an opportunity to speak out against the dairy industry. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and lock in here. I think I know this one. Um, I seem to remember Leonardo DiCaprio in an acceptance speech. Um, definitely uh, um, talking a lot of, talking about the environment. And I think I'm fairly certain that he's vegan. So I think this was him, but uh, not positive. Who, who knows? That's what we locked in with them. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it was Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I remember he... Um, use most of his speech for for vegan purposes so and ken getting it right in 2020 accepting the award for his performance in the joker this is or i guess just joker this is fucking phoenix all right let's get the last question in the first round all right in the category presidential geography there are four u.s state capitals and two world capitals that are named after a u.s president I'd like you to give me four for 10 points. And if you're able to give me all six, I'll give you an extra five. And uh, we have gone ahead and locked in. Okay. So let's, let's go yeah, over let's what go we have four. so far. Right now we have, you said Madison and Jackson. Uh, and then I said Lincoln and Washington. Um, and then you'd suggested Hamilton for Bermuda, right? Yeah, but I'm not sure if it's a... Like if it's a territory or if it's a, a like, uh, yeah, considerable. Yeah. So the first four are four and we were tr racking our brains for that sixth one, but I don't think it's going to come in a reasonable amount of time. Um, so we are going to lock in with the first four, Lincoln, Washington, Madison, and Jackson. Yeah. Ken was a big help here. Um, we actually just started going through presidents cause we thought that was the easier route. So, um, Washington, First president, he gets D.C. Figured that's a world capital. Um, sorry, Adams. Uh, then we move on to Jefferson for Jefferson City, Missouri. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin. The hard one here is Monroe, Monrovia, Liberia. And uh, then we said Jackson, Mississippi, and Lincoln, Nebraska. And I could not have done it any better than that. Jeff and Ken getting full points here. Um, and then Matt and... Matt and John for two rings. Uh, you guys got four, right? Correct. Did you get five points or 10 points. So Bermuda is a UN recognized um, member state, but Hamilton, not a, president. not a president. That's what I, oh, oh yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. He seems so Lin important Manuel in that show. Lin-Manuel is so mad. <laughs> no, he got uh, moited before. Aaron Boyasoa. He gave up his shot. Mm, what a shame. After the first round, it looks like uh, Team Two Rings to Rule Them All uh, is going to have 60 points going into the swing round. But with that final question picking up a full 15 points, Team Hubbard uh, is now at 75 in the lead. Commit to the bit. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So before we go to the swing round, uh, I just want to thank all our Patreon uh, supporters for uh, helping out our show, including the two guests we have with us today. I uh, just wanted to say a big thank you to a... A uh, listener of the show named Bryce, uh, who came up to me, I, I put one of our stickers on my laptop, which is the first time I've done it in five years, and uh, someone came up and said, uh, are you involved with Triviality uh, at all? And I introduced myself, and a very, very nice person, uh, hopefully we'll have them on the show, they're uh, in the Navy right now, in the Navy band, in the brass band, uh, musician, which is really cool, traveling all around the country, different ball games, different uh, events like that, so thank you, Bryce, for taking the time to introduce yourself. Uh, and that's uh, one of the things we love so much about this show and doing it is getting to interact with all of our listeners, but also yeah, all of our wonderful community we have and all our Patreon supporters. Yeah. For, yeah. for helping us out and uh, getting to interact with them through our crop drop every month as well and all that extra audio content. So uh, thank you uh, for everyone for supporting the show. And if you'd like to join 
uh, Anne and John and so many uh, great uh, other people, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast to help us get to 500 patrons. I will say, Neil, we recently had a question. Somebody wanted to know if you need to be a patron to be on this show. And the answer to that question is no. That's we, right. Uh, we periodically put up um, listings so that you can come on the show either as a guest or a guest host. We usually do that on our Facebook group, The Crop. It is open to everyone. Um, you know, we do prioritize people who are able to support us, um, but uh, the show is open for everyone. That's right. Yep. You don't have to be a patron. Uh, we appreciate it if you are, but you can just be any old listener uh, who enjoys the show and we'll love to meet you and get you on the program. So your swing round category today is medicine. I will give you the name of a surgical procedure. You tell me what body parts being operated on um, as specific as possible. There's a little bit of leeway, but as specific as possible. I will spell the majority of these, and I do have some acronyms in here that I will also spell out. Okay. Let's have it. All right. Number one, cholecystectomy. C H O L E C. Y-S-T-E-C-T-O-M-Y. Number two, mastopexy, M-A-S-T-O-P-E-X-Y. Number three, oophorectomy, O-O-P-H-O-R-E-C-T-O-M-Y. Number four, blepharoplasty, B-L-E-P-H-A-R-O. P-L-A-S-T-Y. Number five is an acronym TURP, T-U-R-P. Number six, also an acronym CABBAGE, C-A-B-G. Number seven, craniotomy, C-R-A-N-I-O-T-O-M-Y. Number eight is a laminectomy, L-A-M-I-N. E-C-T-O-M-Y. Number nine, the only one I'm not spelling is a Tommy John surgery. <laughs> hey, and, no number <laughs> and number 10, a Ruin Y. R-O-U-X space E-N space Y. Our competitors are going to look over all of these procedures and we'll be back with the answers. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All of the answers from the swing round are now locked in. So let's go through the questions one more time with Anne, and we'll have the competitors see if they are correct. All right. Number one is a cholecystectomy. Uh, we guessed colon. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, but uh, John thought this might have been gallbladder, so we said gallbladder. And this is the removal of your gallbladder. Yay. Nice job. Number two is a mastopexy. Uh, we said breast. Uh, we said the same thing. Yeah, breast or chest. And this is a breast lift. Yep, it is breast. Number three, I think I heard some discussion and frustration over oophorectomy. Yeah, too late we figured it out. But uh, for our official answer, we said esophagus. Uh, we said the tonsils. And uh, this is uh, removal of your ovary. This oh. is ovary. Uh, that makes sense. 
Not close. Okay. Well, not your ovary, Matt, but somebody's ovary. Oh, it got you. My yes, it is only intact. the title of Matt's ovarian removal. <laughs> no one else's. Very specific. Number four is a blepharoplasty. Yep. I happen to know that this is the eyelid. Mm. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, I should I should have got that one. My dad was an ophthalmologist, actually. But we said hip replacement. <laughs> uh, made famous by Kenny Rogers. This is your eyelids. Number five, terp. Uh, we said prostate. We had no idea, and we just said the calves. And the P in terp stands for prostate. Oh, man. Like a calf injection? Yeah, or implant, possibly. That's why you walk with like a little jump in your step, because you have those calf implants. Immediately, yeah. That's what I did when I moved out here. You know those don't work like muscles. <laughs> now he can dunk. He can dunk a basketball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for number six, cabbage. We didn't know. We said knee. Yeah, we, we didn't really have much on this one either. Um, but we just kind of like went based on the first two letters being C and A, thinking maybe it's something cardio and said heart. And standing for coronary arterial bypass mm. graft, this is your heart. Oh, yeah. Good strategy. Listen to your heart. Number seven, craniotomy. We said the old uh, chrome dome. Mm-hmm. We are pretty sure this is skull. And I have heard this word so many times during my rewatch of Grey's Anatomy. This is uh, your skull or your brain. Because everybody's brain is always messed up on that show somehow. And there's patience. Yeah. Num- number eight, laminectomy. We said spine. Um, so any of these ectomy ones we knew are like removal and, you know, they always have to be something that so you, you can... don't want the spine removal is what you're saying. Right. Unless right. you're a predator. <laughs> I could use mine put in. I know that there's a layer of lamin like underneath your epidermis, underneath your skin. So we said like a skin graft or skin removal, um, but definitely not, uh, not hundred percent on that. So John, you are right. It is like a small thin layer kind of like a laminated sheet of paper, but uh, this small layer is in between your vertebrae and it is your spine or oh, your vertebrae. Oh, Jeff. Wow. Number nine, Tommy John. Uh, Jeff said that this is what pitchers get and uh, we said elbow in that case. This one we are 100% sure we said elbow. It's elbow. And number 10, Ruin Y. Jeff said, I think it's the GI of some sort. So we said intestines or often said intestines. Um, the only angle we had on this one was culinary from Rue since because of how it was spelled, like thickening or something like that. And um, we are not really sure like if this counts as like a part or a, an organ or something. We said blood, maybe like a blood transfusion or um, a specific type of like switch your sauce process. out. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny. You know, head to McDonald's, get a brew NY. Jeff's arteries are full of hollandaise. <laughs> they are, though. 20%. Well, I'm sorry if that misled you. I think it's just named after the man who performed it, whose last name was Rue. And this is a gastric bypass. So it is your stomach or your small intestine. So I'll take intestine. Okay, cool. I do like the idea of your blood just being your body's sauce, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's blood, some, that's some, it's the new ranch. <laughs> some ancient Greek medicine right there. Newman's own. The swing round scores are in. It looks like Team Two Rings to Rule Them All picking up 25 points, bringing their total to 85. The year of my birth and Hobbits picking up 35 points, bringing their total to 110 with a nice lead going into round two. When you say Newman's own, is that Paul Newman or Randy Newman, by the way? <laughs> Could be either. Some be people got ranch for blood. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I don't like that. Oh, Lord. Uh, All right, let's get into the second round. He should have been uh, Audrey, too, and and Little Shop. (laughs) Feed me, Seymour. Feed me, please. Somebody stop this man. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even supposed to be here today. (laughs) uh, Question number one in round two. Um, so last round, we started with my favorite things, and uh, I think we're going to do that again. So my favorite things, part two, electric boogaloo. Um, 
what word is used to describe a subset of yoga that is characterized by stringing postures together so that you move from one to another seamlessly using your breath? While no two classes of this style are ever the same, they often contain numerous sun salutations and transitions specifically from chaturanga to cobra to down dog. We're locked in with an asterisk. I just got a quick question. I don't have much. Um, I mean, I could tell you if you, if someone rallied off some terms, whether or not it applies to yoga or not, but I would not be able to get this one off the bat. Well, that is more than I can provide. I um, am not an avid yogi. Uh, I don't own a, a yoga mat. I don't practice. Um, so I have nothing here. I, I know that namaste means something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. so i'm bringing a lot to the to go with namaste yeah i guess sure um sure yeah let's talk in i mean it's wrong but let's talk in yeah perfect <laughs> the best kind of answer so i just want to clarify are you looking for hatha or uh like the vinyasa would be the the flow itself right but you're looking for hatha. i would i would take either answer okay. that is completely fine okay so we're in with hatha slash vinyasa and uh my official answer is vinyasa slash hatha slash flow leaving okay. it very open for people flow slash guy, namaste ah the flow no, i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> that's fine floga you know you go down to progressive and find some flow <laughs> flow is your teacher yeah constantly getting you to buy insurance uh, question two in the category of tattooing. What style of tattooing was created by Simone Paff and Volker Merchski? Those are way pronounced wrong. In Würzburg, Germany, and features characteristics of naturalistic, surrealistic, photorealistic motifs with graphics, lettering, and calligraphic elements, and is often only completed in blacks and red. Reluctant. I don't know. Uh, I also don't know different names for tattoo right. styles. We've yeah. talked about it on the show before, Matt. I know, oh, I know, I, I I know exactly what this is in reference to. Um, this is not the kind that Neil has on his back. Maybe, possibly, possibly unconfirmed. <laughs> if if you do have a tattoo on your back, what style is it? If I did, it's probably uh, either tapped, um, or Japanese. Tribal. Or tribal. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> or tribal. Um, so we're going to say prison tattoo. We don't know. <laughs> I believe, Ken, this is very similar sounding to Anne's favorite animal earlier, right? Mm, yeah, that's right. Trash panda? Trash polka. And this is uh, trash polka. Question number three. Matt, hopefully we're getting more into your uh, into your realm here. The category is the category is sports geography. In what North American city would you find the highest seated capacity stadium that does not serve as a home field for a Big Ten football team? Uh, Jeff, any ideas? I think the largest stadium in the NFL, which I think we're thinking NFL, right, would be probably the biggest capacity. I think so. Um, I think it's where actually where Washington plays. Okay. Um, the FedEx Field, I think, seats like the nine Guardians. Or something. The, either that no, not or the Guardians. What are they now? The Commanders. 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 It's either that or Arrowhead Stadium. Both are like ninety right, plus. You call thousand, it. So. You call it. Um, we'll go where the Chiefs play. Arrowhead Stadium. Okay. Um. So I think like the top th three to four are all Big Ten. Uh, I know Michigan, yeah. the big house, is number one. Uh, I think Ohio, Ohio State. State and then um, Penn State. I think those are the top three, to be honest. But I think after that, it's where the where the 12th man is generally referred to as in, in Texas A&M. Yeah. Um, so I think we can lock in with Texas A&M. You mean it's not in Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> Co-opted by Seattle, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Matt, you are right on the money. Number one is uh, the Big House, Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor. Number two is Beaver Stadium in State College, Pennsylvania. Number three is 
uh, of which we do not speak in this house, Ohio Stadium in Columbus. <laughs> and uh, number three is Kyle Field at College Station, Texas. Yeah. For for clarification, uh, the largest seating capacity for a non NCAA football stadium is MetLife Stadium, the home of the Giants and the Jets, with eighty two thousand five hundred, and that's sixteen. So college football rules apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotta get all those boosters in. They need seats. All right. So question four is a math question, and uh, I'm going to recommend that you uh, get some pen and paper ready. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Take the number worn by Michael Jordan for the majority of his career with the Chicago Bulls. Add the number worn by Michael Jordan when he returned from retirement. Add the number worn by Michael Jordan for one game when his jersey was stolen. Add the number worn by the only person to be inducted into the American Football Hall of Fame and the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. You're going to take that number and divide it by the number worn by Mr. Hockey, who played in an NHL game with his son. Then take that number and subtract it by the maximum number of points that can be scored by a single team in a single overtime in a regular season NHL game. What number are you left with whose factorial is equal to one? All right. So uh, what were our numbers, Jeff? Yeah, we had 23 plus 45 plus 12 plus one brings us to 81 divided by nine for you said Gordy Howe. Howe and then we also thought it was nine for the NFL uh, scoring that got us to zero something in the back of my mind tells me zeros are always weird in math so zero factorial could be one so zero zero we had all the same things but we didn't think that zero's factorial was one so we just said one and figured we were wrong somewhere along the way well, Matt, I'm very sorry that you let your math knowledge surpass your sports knowledge because you were correct all the way up until the end. It is zero. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, zeros are yeah. weird. They do weird things. They love you. All right, let's get number five. Uh, so this question five is submitted uh, by my older child, Willa, and uh, this is about her favorite things. Thanks, Willa. So about 70% of animals on Earth are classified as nocturnal. Humans, eagles, squirrels, cattle, and many other animals are considered diurnal. And some animals are neither diurnal nor nocturnal. What does it mean if an animal is crepuscular? We can lock in, Matt. Yeah, confidence. It's like a dawn and dusk sort of deal, right? Yeah, I think so. They come out, they only come out at night, just like uh, hollow notes. The the freaks. (laughs) So is it dawn and dusk, or is it just dusk? Um, from dusk till dawn. dawn. Wait, so nocturnal is at what would be from dusk till dawn, right? Yeah. So only those All twilight right. hours, I would think. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they're right. Um, it's just like they're most active during um, twilight hours, dusk and dawn. Um, and that's correct. They are most active during uh, dusk and dawn. Uh, right during twilight hours. So I'll let y'all determine We're good. who's correct. We're good. Yeah, I think we give points all around, and as everyone is sparkling in the sun like the vampires of twilight, uh, looks like uh, 20 points for two rings to rule them all, bringing them to 115, but creating some separation are the hobbits uh, with plus 40, bringing them to 150. Question number six. Uh, your category is six degrees of Donald Trump. What actor who died following a heart attack in 2012 was married to Omarosa, a woman who gained notoriety on season one of The Apprentice, but can also be seen as a bouncer in A Night at the Roxbury, heard as a voice actor in Racing Stripes, Dinotopia, and Brother Bear, but is most notably known for his repeated line in another film, I tried to take it back, but it was too late. We're going to tap out, so go ahead and and talk, because we have no idea on this one. So this guy, um, he played the main character in The Green Mile, but his name is kind of escaping me. He's um, Oh, Michael Clark Duncan? Yeah, yeah, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, that's right. That's a line from that movie? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's at the Michael very Clark end Duncan where he was married to Amarosa. <laughs> that's the real revelation here. <laughs> I know, right? All right. Well, I guess that's what we're locking in with. I wouldn't have in a million years said Michael Clark Duncan, but uh, we said nothing instead, so. I don't know what's more surprising, that Michael Clark Duncan uh, 
is in Dinotopia or that he was married to Omarosa, but it is Michael Clark. Oh, that's a great poll. That takes total sense. As soon as I they say that, I see him as John Coffey in that mm. movie. Neil, did you know that one? I did, yeah. And mostly because of his great work helping uh, Tom Hanks with his urinary infection. <laughs> I, I helped uh, Jeff in a similar way earlier today. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I, I walked in and I just saw you like holding near it was, his... it was a medical thing. And then there was Neil. like sparks and... You know, it was medical. It was medical. Is yeah. that from Dianotopia? I never saw it. <laughs> Question seven, category. Uh, sorry, yet again, more of my favorite things. I'm going to milk this for as long as I can. In the TV show Friends, Chandler's short-lived goldfish-killing roommate, Eddie, reveals that he broke up with his girlfriend because she didn't know the capital of Cambodia. What I want to know is what is the actual Cambodia? Uh, capital of Cambodia and for a bonus five points what did Eddie's ex-girlfriend think was the capital an Oscar winner whose name later appeared in the credits as a guest star on the show okay we are locked in with our main answer and we're not going to really try for the the side answer on this one because we don't know okay uh John you were saying uh you think you you think you knew the capital yeah I mean I think that um that Kuala Lumpur is the capital of Cambodia, but I don't know for sure. Um, and for the bonus, we say something, I don't know, something about a koala. Yeah. Similar. Ken and I discussed uh, this, and I thought I knew it. I think it's like a two-name something, and when I said it, Ken said, yeah, it sounds good. Um, Phnom Femme or Penom Femme or something. I've only ever seen it written. I've never heard it pronounced. Uh, so, Jeff, you are correct. Phnom Penh is the capital of um, Cambodia and Kuala Lumpur, capital of Malaysia. Um, but me milking this because she thought the capital of Cambodia was Sean Penn. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's really bad. That's a that's a bad joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, question number eight in the category of music: Jeffrey Mayhem Thompson, Aaron Hulk, and Nathan Bray were all murdered by Nathan Gale at Al Rosa Villa nightclub in Columbus, Ohio. What musician was the original target of Nathan Gale and was pronounced dead at the scene? You th do you think you remember it being that one? We will uh, we'll lock in, I think. There's a couple other famous ones I could think of, but they weren't in Ohio. Is this, is this potentially Dimebag Daryl? Uh, I don't know. I, I've got nothing on this one. You had nothing on this one? Yeah. Pretty sure that that guy was murdered. Yeah, those sound like similar names in the sense of their stage okay. names. That's fine with me. Yeah. We're going to lock in with frontman of, I believe, Pantera. Uh, Dimebag Daryl. Guitarist. Guitarist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we too said Dimebag Daryl because I do believe he was uh, killed at a show. So we said Dimebag as well. And Dimebag Daryl buried in a kiss casket that was donated by Gene Simmons and buried with um, Eddie Van Halen's Bumblebee guitar. This is Dimebag Daryl Abbott. Wow. wow. Class all the way down. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Question number nine in the category of presidents. When I first joined Academic Quiz Bowl in high school and started going to live team trivia events at restaurants, I found out very quickly that I needed a way to remember all of the presidents in order. So I turned to the Animaniacs and a Jonathan Colton song. What president is described by these two songs as young and fierce, the man without a chin, and someone who repealed the Missouri Compromise? U.S. News and World Report had worse things to say, calling him Doughface and listing him in their series of the worst presidents ever. All right, we are locked in here for a really silly reason. So we were just talking, you know, between Taft and Pierce. Am Pierce rhymes with fierce. Taft Maybe a couple <laughs> Ambrose Bierce. He did, yeah. I don't uh, think he was born yet. Bierce. <laughs> Repeal got compromised. <laughs> So I believe it it's uh Franklin, Franklin Pierce. Pierce, yeah. Do you want to just go with that since it rhymes with young and fierce, you know, and <laughs> I imagine more than more presidents than Taft have been somewhat large. Uh we can we can lock in with Franklin Pierce. Um we too said Pierce because it rhymes with fierce. Uh we were right in the Pierce Buchanan area for the Missouri Compromise thing, and Pierce made the most sense. 
Uh, and Yakko, Wacko, and Dot rhymed Franklin Pierce with Young and Fierce. And question number 10 in the category sports history. Probably more important than any history I ever learned in school is the MLB history taught to me by my dad, who is an amazing sports broadcaster and uh, is someone who I will reference every time I am on the show. This question has nothing to do with my dad, uh, but I feel inclined to ask a question that he has taught me every time. In 1936, the first five men were inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. What member of the first class received 222 votes, the most of any candidate, earning election with 98.23% of the vote? All right. So this is the inaugural class, yeah. having a bunch of old baseballers. Um, I think Joe DiMaggio. Babe Ruth, obviously. Yeah. Joe is still playing at the time. Okay. Uh, Babe Ruth was not popular with the baseball writers because he was a, a drinker and a smoker. Um, he was cool. Got it. He was, he was too cool. Also. Yeah. I think, I think this might be uh, Ty Cobb um, torn between him and potentially Honus Wagner. Um, very popular old baseball players, but um, I think I'm good with Ty Cobb. He seemed like the all American uh, guy. All right, you guys are going with Ty, and we're going with Cy. Cy Young. Uh, so Walter Johnson got 198 votes. Christine Mathewson got 205. Babe Ruth and Honus Wagner go both got 215 votes apiece, and Ty Cobb nice, got 98% of the vote. Very nice. Popular guy. It looks like two rings to rule them all, uh, picking up... Uh, what seems to be 40 more points, bringing their total to 155 to end regulation. But Hobbit, uh picking up 30 more points, bringing their total to 180 going into the final round. So what are those final round categories, Anne? All right. Your final round categories are TikTok, Make It Pop, Tonight I'm a Fight, Till We See the Sunlight, and Wake Up in the Morning Feeling Like P. Diddy. <laughs> Oh, we got it. We got to go in. Let's let's just go. If for these it. aren't all about Kesha, I don't know. There's no point. In we'll just thing. go in. We've had pretty good record this game. We're just going in. All right. I mean, I guess we gotta. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm an avid TikToker myself. So. All right. The wagers are in. Let's have the questions. All right. Number one in the category TikTok. I hope you brushed up on your TikTok knowledge prior to appearing on today's episode. What content creator has a master's degree in science but spends his days online explaining where candle wax goes and strongly encouraging you to read his novel, A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor? And category number two, make it pop. Melissa Vivian Jefferson released an album on July 15th, 2022, entitled Special. The seventh track on this album is entitled Break Up Twice and features sampling from a singer-songwriter who holds the record for most Grammys by a female rapper. Who is Melissa Vivian Jefferson, and who is the very educated woman who is sampled in her song, Break Up Twice? Number three, Tonight I'm a Fight. Who is the only actor to appear in Fight Club that was allowed to break the sixth rule of Fight Club, which is stated as, the fights are bare knuckle, no shirt, no shoes, no weapons. And number four, Till We See the Sunlight. Born in 1930 in Rome, Italy, what famous American is attributed with the following quote? I am alone now, truly alone, and absolutely isolated from any known life. I am it. If a count were taken, the score would be three billion plus two over on the other side of the moon and one plus God knows what on this side. And number five, wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Sean Combs plays a small role in the life-altering and amazing movie Draft Day. Spoiler alert, who plays the character that goes first in the NFL draft in the movie Draft Day? All right, those are the questions. We'll be right back with our answers. <laughs> 
Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. All the answers are now locked in. Let's have the questions one more time, and we'll give our best answers. All right, question number one in the category of TikTok. I hope you brushed up on your TikTok knowledge. What content creator has a master's degree in science that spends his day, days online explaining where candle wax goes and strongly encouraging you to read his novel, A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor? I thought this sounded like some John Green but Jeff uh, kindly reminded me that this was who? His brother, Hank. Hank Green. They're like the same guy. Ah, same guy. Similar. Uh, what did you guys say? Um, we, we wagered uh, 30 on all these two, and we also said Hank Green. The lover of pelicans himself is Hank Green. Category number two, Make It Pop. Melissa Vivian Jefferson released an album on July 15th, 2022, entitled Special. The seventh track on this album is entitled Break Up Twice. Features sampling from a singer-songwriter who holds the record for most Grammys by a female rapper. Who is Melissa Vivian Jefferson and the very educated woman who is sampled in her song Break Up Twice? Uh, we got to Lizzo for um, the original artist. And the other one, we weren't sure on. I think we were picking up on a clue, but we couldn't quite paste it together. So we just said Missy Elliott. But I think we're wrong. Um, okay, so for this one, we both were pretty sure it was Lizzo. So we said that. And then, um, and then we said Lauren Hill for the for the bonus, um, which we're somewhat uh, uh, sure on, but yeah. Uh, Melissa Vivian Jefferson is also known as Lizzo and a very small reference to the miseducation of Lauren Hill. This is Lauren Hill. All right, so you're creeping up on us. Uh, your third round, tonight I'm a fight. Who is the only actor to appear in Fight Club that was allowed to break the sixth rule of Fight Club, which is stated as the fights are bare knuckle, no shirt, no shoes, no weapons? I uh, gotta say, I think it might be Meatloaf. No, he would do anything for Fight Club, but he wouldn't appear without his shirt on. Uh, pretty sure it's Meatloaf. Uh, yep, because Bob has... <laughs> and his fat suit was not about uh would have like exposed uh like the suit and there was no way for them to uh do that in costuming and makeup so his name was robert paulson mm -hmm. uh number four till we see the sunlight born in 1930 in rome italy what famous american is attributed with the following quote i am alone now truly alone and absolutely isolated from any known life i am it if a count were taken, the score would be 3 billion plus 2 over on the other side of the moon and 1 plus God knows what on this side. All right. We uh, considered those numbers, and we feel like this is about the uh, first mission that made it to the moon, and we said that would be Michael Collins in the orbiter. Crap. That's the Michael you were 
dancing yeah. around the entire time. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know this guy has been mentioned a couple of times on the show, and I, kn- I knew it was Michael something, because um, I was pretty sure that John Glenn and Neil Armstrong were the two that were on the moon at the time, but we said Buzz Aldrin. So. And this is from Apollo 11, Michael Collins. If you're having and trouble number- re- remembering his last name, just remember as he was in the orbiter, the uh, machinery was clunking and it went. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I, I like thought he that. was. Uh, That's good. I will use that. Sipping on a Tom Collins. And he was sipping on a Tom Collins. <laughs> uh, he was actually offered to do some moonwalks on future missions and said, no, thanks. I liked what I did. No, I'm good. Um, and your final question of the final round wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Sean Combs plays a small room in, or, I'm sorry, a small role in the life-altering and amazing movie Draft Day. Spoiler alert: Who plays the character that goes first in the NFL draft in the movie Draft Day? Uh, we took a stab in the darkness, and Jeff said, "I think Black Panther was in this movie," so we said Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I think if I had the first pick in the NFL draft, I too would select Black Panther. I would say <laughs> that's uh, a good choice. Yeah, <laughs> Chadwick Boseman. Uh, and this is Chadwick Boseman. He's got to make sure his gloves don't have to stick them on there. <laughs> or that the nails are retracted, right? Yeah, he'd have to have a balls. good uh, equipment guy. He'd be running through balls <laughs> quite a bit. I believe the post-it note uh, Kevin Costner has says Vontae Mack, no matter what. He was a linebacker. Um, but uh, after all is said and done here, uh, it was a nail-biter for the most part in the final round. Both teams picking up 90 points. Uh, but it looks like two rings to rule them all. Going to end with 245, a very respectable score. But today's cream of the crop, Hobbits. Now it sounds a little bit more Alan Rickman because I didn't try as hard. Hobbits with 270 points. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. They shall pass. We would have Thank picked you. up. Thank great you. job, everyone. 90, right? I'm sorry. That was a great game. Uh, I know you wrote it on the last uh, minute I'm for so us. Sorry. And yeah, thank uh, you, you did Anne. a great job uh, assembling those questions for us. So we want to thank you, Anne. Any last comments for us today? Oh, no, just thank you so much for having me. I'm always happy to help whenever I can, um, even if it means a little bit of a math mishap in the middle of the game. That's Which no good. one would ever know about. No one will know. They don't know about it. It's, it's been edited out. Uh, John, thank you for joining us. You were a fierce competitor. Any final words for you? Uh, no, thanks for having me, guys. Um, shout out to my girlfriend, Kate, uh, for, you know, putting up with my trivia obsession over the last couple of years. And um, hopefully uh, next time I'm on, we can do a little bit better. Or I also have some games written so for next time. Well, we knew, we knew John was smart. Now that he shouted out his girlfriend, we know that he's wise as well. That's all. <laughs> well, that will be it for today's show. For our... Uh, guests over Zencaster, Anne, John, and kind of Matt, I guess. Uh, those in the studio, Jeff, Neal, and myself. That was Triviality. I'd watch an animated right. vampire series. Speaking of, uh, you know, scrappy little animals, I heard a trivia fact the other day that I can't get out of my head, and that's that spies used to dead drop information in the, like, hollowed out bodies of rats that were like <laughs> velcroed up yep and in order to not oh, get no. animals to carry the dead rats away they'd soak them in hot sauce <laughs> <laughs> true story <laughs>